And a very good morning. Welcome to the program. No, it's not Paddy Welsh and Ian Healy's not here as well. Mark Braybrook and Dane Zorko on this Monday morning, November 28. What a weekend of sport we have had. Paddy, not feeling 100% today. He sent me a text late last night and then early this morning. Last, he feels a bit better this morning than he did late last night. So he's just having the day off and he'll be back tomorrow as Heels will be, who is making his way back from New Zealand, but Zorks and I spent Sunday together. We actually—it's a whole weekend. Actually, affair. actually, we spent what were you? What were you? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday last week, or Thursday, Friday, Thursday, Thursday Friday, Friday, Saturday. We were at a function together, <laughs> and then yesterday we uh, had the pregame show of the AFLW Grand Final. And here we are again this morning. Can't get enough of us this year. How are you? Yeah, good. Yeah, refreshed after a. Uh... A big weekend of sport, and we've got heaps to talk about this morning. Our, where do we start? Well, I'll tell you where we'll start. Yeah. The young boys head out to Springfield this morning to oh, uh, start their pre-season starts. campaign. A couple of the boys have just messaged in and said, we're on the drive out there. We're listening to you Western Zorf. Freeway? Oh, they're out there on yeah. their way. It can be tough, even it, though you're going against the traffic. Yes. The traffic out to Ipswich, et cetera, on the Western it Freeway. It takes time. Yeah. Um, so they might have a little bit of testing this morning and just... Oh. The uh, fitness staff will reacquaint themselves with them, check out how everyone's going, check the skin folds, check the weight, and proceed as normal. Hopefully no one parks in your spot. What? Next to uh, Cody Simpson yesterday. Cody Simpson in his Maserati, mind you. So we arrived there yesterday Mm. at uh, Brighton Homes Arena, and there's Zorks in his spot. A1 or A2 position behind Chris Fagan's spot, I would imagine, there in the, in the yep. player's car park. I've caught the train, uh, the second train I've caught in 30-something years here in Brisbane. It was pretty good, actually. Um, and we bumped into each other, and you said, oh, the car's back. And I looked, and there was a Maserati, but it was Katie Simpson's. It was, and out popped Emma McKeon with him. Yeah. And uh, he obviously performed the, the national anthem yeah. yesterday at the girls' game and did a fantastic job, yep. but uh, took me park. Simpson performing the national anthem in Springfield. So there you go. Who would have known? Yes. Who would have thought it? Uh, look, well, there's the Socceroos win. There is the, the Lions AFLW loss. There is Cameron Smith's win yesterday. There is so much happening. The Wallabies. The Wallabies. Have come from nowhere. So we've got a lot to cover this morning. Um, Chris Nelson will be joining us. Tommy Hackett's not here this week. So we've got a replacement for Tommy. First time on the program. Normally uh, we have James Coughlin, but we've got um, joining us today a little bit later. I'll tell you Josh what. Bell. So I'll tell you what, Mark. Big shoes to fill. If you followed him over the weekend with his horse tips, he yeah. went very, very well. Chris Nelson went well too, I'm told, for you down on the Gold Coast. A winning day from both our tipsters. So congratulations to those. Hopefully all the uh, the punters out there that follow those boys got on and um, they would have been having steak and uh, prawns and all sorts of things if they followed them in. Well, it was an extraordinary day yesterday uh, here in Brisbane. We had the AFLW Grand Final out at Springfield and we were expecting storm and showers. They never arrived mm. um, out there as the Melbourne Demons beat uh, the girls in that Grand Final. We'll talk about that in a moment. But uh, I was able – that meant – and the rain delay at RQ meant we're able to watch sort of both without missing too much. So yes. it was quite quite good in that respect. I was able to get home after doing the pregame with you. Um, Cameron Smith, what an extraordinary performance to win that tournament by three shots. I know he's the number three in the world, and you would say clearly the best player in the field, but when you consider what he's had to do this week uh, with the commitments he's had and the way he has handled himself through the week, it was an outstanding win. And the crowds, it was Greg Norman-like. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you touched on it. He's weak. I mean, he flew in from the States last Wednesday or Thursday. He had clinics to do. He did a hell of a lot of promotion for golf in Australia, not only just for the PGA this week, but obviously down in Melbourne as well. 
he then rocked up to the course and he he admitted on uh, on Thursday after his round that the 2.45 alarm clock was a little mm. bit too early. He knew it was a little bit rusty. And he spoke about that in his, um, his, his conference after his win yesterday. It was a scrappy start to the week, but he just hung in there. He said he had to hang in there. The weather sort of hurt him a little bit uh, yesterday afternoon, but he picked himself up and courageous effort and what a win. Uh, this is what he said to Todd Woodbridge about the win after the round. Yeah, it's awesome, mate. Uh, I really didn't think I had it in me this week, to be honest. Uh, the start of the week was a little bit scratchy and uh, the game just got better and better as the week went on, other than the front nine today. His short game was just exceptional. Mm. I'd, I'd love to hear from anyone that may have been at RQ uh, over the weekend, uh, over the four days that got up and close and personal, 13, 13, 55. The Brighton Homes open line. We're at Brighton Homes Arena yesterday. Mm. Outstanding. We'll talk about that shortly. 13, 13, 55. Or the text line, 0467 736 736. If you're at RQ over the weekend with those crowds, what was it like? What was the atmosphere like? Because I, I can't remember seeing... Scenes like that at Australian golf courses since Greg Norman. Uh, I may be wrong, but I don't remember um, crowds the full length of fairways. Of fairways, yeah. Um, consistently, it was outstanding, and and he he stood up, and some of the young players also off the back of that also played some of their best golf. So terrific to see. Uh, Australian golf back after that hiatus. I know we had the Australian PGA Earl in the year that our mate Jed Morgan won, and yep. and we've had some really good tournaments. But to get our Aussies back from overseas and performing, Mark Leishman finished well. Jeff Ogilvy had a good round. Greg Chalmers came <laughs> out of nowhere <laughs> yesterday. He? Yeah, he screamed at the leaderboard. Yeah, so uh, outstanding yesterday. So thirteen, thirteen, fifty-five. If if you're at RQ. Over the weekend, what was it like? What was the atmosphere like? Was it as good as it seemed to us uh, watching from afar? Zero four six seven seven three six seven three six. And of course, Saturday night, soccer. We're at the function. You and I for All Class Kubota, one of our great sponsors here at SEN and. The Socceroos, you showed me the score, 1-0, which you I wasn't happy. happy. No, well, I wanted to go home and, and watch it. We couldn't listen to it at the function on SEN. We couldn't watch it at the function. So I'm thinking I'll watch it when I get home. But no, Zorks says, oh, 1-0, we're up. <laughs> Thank you very much. And that was the full-time score. Uh, but what about that win and the yeah. way that it's galvanised the country? Well, I sat here with Paddy on Friday and I said, we have got a fantastic chance against Tunisia. Mm. Uh, we didn't play that bad against France. They're the world number one. They're an extraordinary team. We stuck with them for the first 30 minutes. I mean, we were in front. So there's no doubt the boys took a lot of confidence out of that. Um, and from there, they just played their game. They scored early and wouldn't say parked the bus, but they certainly uh, defended extremely well against the Tunisia outfit that was pressing for you know the following 60-odd minutes. So um, fantastic effort by those boys to, uh, to to regroup after a tough loss against France and then get the result that could potentially send them through to the next round. Well, their destiny is in their own hands now, and that's in any sporting competition, that's what you want, isn't it? You want to rely on your performance, yep. getting you through to the next stage of whatever competition it may be, and that's where the soccer is. We'll talk about it more after 7 o'clock. Uh, we'll hear from Graham Arnold, Mitch Duke, Matt Ryan, and Harry Souter uh, a little bit later in the program, but we'll hear from the coach now, Graham Arnold. This is what he had to say on the Socceroos' win. Look, and what I've just been told, it's the first clean sheet we've held at a World Cup since 1974, which is crazy. But uh, at the end of the day, it's uh, it's just one game. <clears throat> and as I said before uh, in the press conference yesterday and everything, that I, I do believe that uh, the best friendly match we could have ever had was against France. 
because we uh, would get we got punished for our mistakes uh, today. Obviously, the opposition was wasn't as good as the world champions, but I felt that uh, our performance, our fight, and our grit and our determination, the old Aussie way, was uh, uh, very important tonight. And uh, I'm very very proud of the boys. That's all we want, isn't it? I mean, I think that's what upset. Uh, some people uh, after that game against France, not the fact that it was a 4-1 loss, that it just didn't seem to be the fight that we expect from an Australian side, but it was certainly there on Saturday night. Oh, it was certainly there on Saturday night. And, yeah, that's exactly right. And hearing a few of the players talk after that France loss, they wanted to move on extremely quickly and um, focus on Tunisia. I think we, sitting back and watching, all thought that this was a game they could win. Mm. I think they certainly believed that they could win it. And, they put that loss behind them, got on with the job, and as you said, that was the fighting spirit, and you could just see the desperation in in every tackle, um, in every bit of defence. They were switched on. They stayed They stayed in the moment for the whole 90 minutes and, and, and got a fantastic result for our country. The key now is to do it again against Denmark. Uh, one o'clock Thursday morning, I think, is uh, the time yep. for that game, so they've got some time to recover. It's a... Uh, uh, but three games in basically a week yeah. uh, for them. So three, you know, internationals, three World Cup matches. You hope that uh, they'll be fresh for this game against Denmark, who um, we only need to draw. And that sometimes when mm. you say that, that's I reckon in soccer, that's one of the worst phrases you can say. Yeah. We only need a draw uh, because that says the mindset is already on that. But a win would be outstanding. But the reality is we only need a draw. <laughs> oh, well, that's right. Graham Arnold might play a nine-one-one or something like that. Just completely park no, the bus. No, uh, couldn't do that. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. They'll go and play the exact same way they did against Tunisia and France. They'll just um, lock themselves in for a ninety-minute battle and um, use all that Australian fighting spirit that they do have. And fingers crossed, that'll be enough to get them through to the sixteen. Well, the match that's on at the moment uh, has Germany and Spain locked at nil all, and we're nearly an hour into that match now. Germany lost their first match. Yes. So I would have thought this would have to be um, a must win for them. Although, you know, technically they could draw this and win the next and maybe make it through. But yep. uh, they haven't done much. Spain hasn't done much either. No, it's... They've had a goal disallowed, Germany, for yes. offside. So that must be said. But uh, still nil all after an hour. Mm, it's a bit of a stalemate, this one. But uh, as you said, Germany can get through a different, different route now that Costa Rica overnight beat Japan. Yes, 1-0. In a little bit of a shock. Bizarro world. Yeah. <laughs> and Morocco beat Belgium 2-0. Phenomenal. And then that caused riots. The Belgians rioted, in, uh, which caused a bit of problems. Yeah, there's a bit of angst amongst the players there. Not yeah. happy. Not yeah. happy at all. So uh, we'll have uh, more on the uh, FIFA World Cup a little bit later in the program. We've sort of tried at uh, 14 past six, uh, Zorks, to, to, you know, if they'd won yesterday, we would have been leading with it this morning. But... Our girls, the Brisbane Lions, mm. as Vanessa's wandering from her news booth into the studio, oh. she'll be absolutely shattered. Mm. Um, but in all honesty, Zorks, uh, you know, we were there. It was an outstanding atmosphere. The Brighton Homes Arena is superb. It's a shame that the performance from uh, the Lions didn't match the venue or the occasion. I, I'm sure they'll look back on missed opportunities yesterday, beaten by the... Uh, the Melbourne Demons at Brighton Homes Arena, 2 7 19 to 2 3 15. Well, if you were following the commentary on SCM, which I think most of our listeners probably would have been doing, uh, we spoke about in their big moments in games, and the Lions, I thought, controlled that, especially in the first half. There was some 
really big chase down tackles. There was some, uh, you know, smothers. Our goal kicking was accurate early on. We took our opportunities, and then it just sort of changed. Melbourne's pressure late in that second quarter really started to lift by the likes of their leaders in Karen Paxman, uh, uh, Daisy Pierce, and their little young brigade in Eliza West. She really stood up, and and it just caused a little bit of panic in the Brisbane Lions uh, dugout, and you could see it on the field. It was they played a little bit panicky. Um, they weren't able to get their game style up and going. And Craig Starsevich talks about that. Um, they couldn't get the ball on the outside. And we said if, if Brisbane were to win, they needed to do that. And Melbourne suffocated them. They suffocated them. And um, unfortunately, our, our girls just couldn't match it with them. Well, here is what Craig Starsevich had to say about the keys to the loss and what Melbourne did well. Um, probably keep it in tight. Um, you know, normally we like to get it out of congestion and if it, if it pops out, we've got some speed on the outside and we can normally utilise that and, and get, get some go forward. But um, everything was just a little bit slow and sluggish today and um, I don't know, first warm day we've played in for a while might have sapped us a little bit as well, but you would have thought that would have helped us more than the oppo, but th- th- they were the ones that looked stronger um, the longer the game went. So... Um, no, we're, we're playing a very good opposition who are very disciplined about their style of defence and that's and all power to them. So I um, thought, thought we came up against a, a very tough, tough match-up today. Fair assessment from a losing coach. If you're watching that game without a scoreboard, um, you would say Melbourne was the better side. Yeah. On the, on, I, well, I thought so. I mean, they just looked like they yeah. were more confident. They were moving the ball around a bit better than Brisbane at times. I just thought Brisbane was very scrappy. Their skills weren't up to, not that I'm an AFL expert, Zorks, but they didn't, they weren't kicking cleanly. They weren't picking the ground ball up. They weren't getting out of those, they weren't able to get it out of those tight contests that Craig Stasevich was talking about, which they've done throughout the year. Yes, correct. So I'll give you that. Um, I thought Melbourne's ability to shut down, even when Brisbane did get out, their ability to to get on the other side of their opponent and make sure the Brisbane Lions didn't have a release kick was exceptional. Mm. And that was so uh, so noticeable from up in the stands, just how quickly Melbourne moved to get on the outside of the Brisbane. And as you said, with that, create skill errors. Um, and, and it played into Melbourne's hands. They were they were fantastic. I'll give you Melbourne just better. Okay. Just. I reckon That's all they had to be. Two and a half That's all quarters to, to Melbourne, one and a half to the Lions. That's there all they had to be. We'll get Vanessa's thoughts very shortly. She's very morose here today.